0: Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete. This is a short snippet of my new audiobook, Disconnected, How to Stay Human in an Online World, published by Hodder and Stoughton on January the 13th, 2022. I'm really excited about this book coming out. It's looking at our relationship with social media, how a lot of us are rethinking our relationship with our phones. And a lot of us are wanting to log off or at least create some distance to get some of our time back and get away from the glazed over doom scroll. And after a year or more of reduced physical contact, this has made us more dependent on our phones and screens more than ever before. And according to research and anecdotes in the book, our focus on community and real connection has been sent off course, and we're becoming more aware of our time being robbed how our data has made us a product to be sold and so really the book is looking at where do we go from here and how can we get back on track and in the book i offer lots of tangible tips and advice and prompts and gentle nudges this book is for anyone who might be feeling a little bit lost right now and wants to find time and yourself again hope you enjoy this snippet and if you want to buy the audiobook in full the link is in the show notes thank you so much for listening to this podcast A few years ago, I was invited by the Oxford Union at Oxford University, Gulp, to debate the topic Does Social Media Corrupt Human Interaction? I was paired up with TV presenter Cherry Healy and we debated for the proposition in front of a live audience. I listed reasons why social media was alienating us from each other, including a mind-bogglingly high statistic about the number of people who had checked their phone during sex, which got a laugh. We argued that social media projection allows us to hide the truth of our real selves and thus inhibits real connection. We won the debate. Even though social media has brought me so many good things, it's clear that it has many qualities that mean we are moving further and further away from true human connection. It makes me concerned for teens. I had a Nokia brick phone when I was 13. So there was only so much damage that could be done on a phone that hardly got signal. Of course, so much of adolescence is universal, regardless of tech, and bullying absolutely occurred even in Nokia land. But we can't ignore that an increase in platforms could mean an increase in issues. According to the Mayo Clinic, social media use can also negatively affect teens distracting them, disrupting their sleep and exposing them to bullying, rumour spreading, unrealistic views of other people's lives and peer pressure. A 2019 study of more than 6,500 12- to 15-year-olds in the US found that those who spent more than three hours a day using social media might be at heightened risk for mental health problems. We have to admit that although there are so many positive elements of online life, it is still a wild west for a lot of people of all ages. Looking at the online network I had in my 20s, who were my real friends and who were my acquaintances? I had accidentally mixed everything up. Why was I putting so much trust in people I had only met a handful of times online? Why wasn't I putting more time into my lifelong friendships? What would a perfect day look like for me without knowing what anyone else was up to? I would ask myself, what songs do I actually want to listen to without a targeted prompt from Spotify? What books do I want to read without Amazon telling me I might like it? What clothes do I truly want to wear without the influence of a trendy blogger with a discount code? What do I want my house to look like outside of Pinterest style house porn Instagram accounts? I love the internet for the creative inspiration it gives me but I also felt as if I was morphing into someone who depended on people's approval before checking in with myself, my own tastes, opinions, feelings, emotions, directions. Yes, we can blame the tools themselves for the endless distraction, keeping us so busy and engulfed in notifications, that we are growing distant from ourselves and sometimes people around us. However, we also need to look at ourselves. There is something to be said for how we might quite like the endless easy excuses and distractions or the constant ability to reach for our phones and laptops whenever we want. It's a place to get lost in, an easy place to numb out and ignore some of the not-so-fun parts of life. It's a cosy comfort blanket that we can pull over our heads when things get too much. We can definitely partly blame the engineers who build the addictive prompts that keep us constantly connected. But I do think we need to unpick what part we also play in it. As Oliver Berkman said in a recent newsletter, yes, it's true, we live in a system that demands too much of us, leaves us no time for rest. But it's also true that we're increasingly the kind of people who don't want to rest, who get antsy and anxious if we don't feel we're being productive. I moan about how people don't take my out of office seriously, about how tethered I am, about how I can't catch a breath, how always on everything is. So I need to do better at disconnecting myself then. I need to set boundaries. I need to not be so resentful. I can't keep blaming everyone else. We have choices and boundaries we can set. You have agency over your own life. We get to say no. We get to change our habits. It's not easy. It never is. But the first step is acknowledging the problem. The disconnection and subsequent loneliness caused by my addiction and absorption into online life stemmed from social platforms being designed specifically for viral content and designed terribly for actual conversation between humans. I was always chasing the next hit. The connections I made felt extremely shallow over time because so many people were liking or commenting or leaving me a fire emoji, but I was lacking deeper connection. I had eyeballs seeing what I was doing, but I felt no one was really seeing me. Twitter would reward my opinionated, attention-seeking tweets, but I was missing real conversation. I missed the actual, real, pub-like conversation I was having when the internet was in its infancy on the Facebook wall or my MySpace inbox. Yes, I was getting these conversations in real life still, but as an introvert who enjoys long periods of time alone writing, I was craving an outlet online that allowed me to feel as though I was properly connecting with someone like-minded. The truth is, I don't like constantly socialising. The internet was exciting to me because I could connect virtually. But slower, deeper, more real chats wouldn't allow the platforms we use to make as much money. The platform started changing. It was less about sending long messages back and forth and more about quick and easy interactions. As the platforms became less about meaningful conversation and more about outward appearance and likes, it's as if we're trying to communicate through one of those ropey, homemade contraptions you'd make as a kid. Two paper cups and a long bit of string. I'm not hearing you properly. What we're trying to say gets muffled, misinterpreted and it becomes frustrating to listen to it for too long. So we give up and we tell the other person they're talking nonsense. In short, my online life and offline life were majorly clashing and something needed to change. It's important to be able to speak at length or at least in proper sentences without being capped in order to have room for nuance. Social media character limits and shareability are a recipe for disaster, leading to things being constantly taken out of context. It's as though we are just reducing ourselves into headlines and no one is bothering to read the full article we are trying to communicate. The reality of the world can't be presented in snippets. We can't connect in snapshots. Our real world experience is large and layered, deep and dense, and the internet clashes with this. Humans are complex, nuanced and multifaceted. We change our minds, we are awkward, we contradict ourselves on a daily basis and therefore we can be easily misunderstood. Being misunderstood is one of the most upsetting emotions humans can experience. The more we spend having half-baked conversations online, the more we are losing context with each other. The more we feel ashamed, outcast and alone. A cycle on repeat. I felt it was important to write a book about being human and retaining that humanness in an increasingly technological world. As Simon Sinek says, the human animal is a legacy machine living in a modern world. Our brains are ancient machines trying to keep up. We still need people and connection to survive, the same as when we lived in caves and huts. I wanted to write a book about how we can be better To ourselves and to each other. Plus, like many people listening to this, I assume, I'm pretty terrified and intrigued about what the next developments will be. Like the rapid advent of AI, for example. We all know it's coming and is already here, but it's happening behind the scenes, so we aren't fully aware of the larger scale ramifications just yet. Our world is going to change considerably in our lifetimes. It's a matter of when, not if. Mo Gaudat, author of Solve for Happy and Scary Smart, told me, technology is magnifying who we are. AI is already much smarter than we are. In 10, 15 years at most, it will be the smartest being on the planet. If machines are going to be smarter than us, then surely we have no choice but to lean into the one thing they don't have, our humanity, our creativity, our real, deeper conversations our unique fingerprint on the world. This isn't a digital detox book. Completely logging off and living in a hut to chant alone and meditate does sound quite nice, but I wonder how relatable or possible that is to the everyday person living their life. It reminds me of the episode of Black Mirror, where the CEO of Smithereen, based supposedly on Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, lives like a monk in a rocky California desert Someone who has so much money, he does a 180 degree turn back to living a Buddhist life with nothing. I've read many older actors sniff at social media, calling it vulgar and unnecessary, but they don't mention that they happen to be lucky in some ways, in that they entered into an industry before they needed to be involved with it. Maybe you can log off completely. Maybe you have. Maybe you don't need the internet at all to do your job or live your life or see your friends. But most people are embedded in the internet world now, feeling it's worth it for the vast connection it gives us. This audiobook is about people who want to unpick and change their future with their phone, while also keeping a toe firmly dipped in. I want to lead my personal and work lives with technology embedded in both, but I also want to be reminded of hope, humanity and heart. And I don't want to feel as though I'm being influenced 24 hours a day. This audiobook is for people who feel overwhelmed or engulfed by our fast-paced digital world. In it, you will find a series of practical prompts. So if you fancy writing as you go, make sure you have a pen and paper to hand. This audiobook aims to suggest ways in which we can slow down, go back to basics and avoid the temptation of bigger, better, faster. Declining the temptation to scale or grow absolutely everything you do, refusing to monetize every inch of your life, and how to bring more of a human feel to the internet again. There can be so much substance and growth in nurturing your online space. This audiobook is for everyone. It's about being more human and more ourselves in a world that seems to be constantly interrupting and distracting us from that path. This audiobook is about how we can enjoy the delights of online life without being stuck in it like a trapped fly, connect more deeply with each other and realise that we are enough. Target us all you want. We are already enough. If you enjoyed this snippet of Disconnected, How to Stay Human in an Online World, you can get your copy of the audiobook, ebook, or print version via the links in the episode show notes below. Thank you so much for listening.